0: Are you living as a son or as an orphan? As men, we can get really good at knowing a lot about God, even at doing a lot for God. But we can miss living life as father and son, us as the son, us doing life with God. I'm Alan Arnold, and you're listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. And this is the first of a two-part series on Sonship. In this conversation, Morgan Snyder sits down and talks with John Eldridge, Craig McConnell, and Bart Hansen about what it means to be a son. This was originally recorded in 2014, but we've never featured it on the podcast series before, and I really thought you would enjoy diving deeper into the waters of what it means to be a son of God. Sonship and
1: receiving God as Father has been really a primary frontier for me, as you guys know, over at least the last half a decade and I've been really looking forward to the opportunity to grab you guys and come in our studio and just get you to react to it, to say, how about you, in this Christian faith and in the masculine journey, how is the category of sonship expressing itself? What's that look like for you? React to that.
2: You know, Morgs, I've been a little embarrassed frankly, by your session,
1: Mm.
2: or rather by my reaction to your session, because we've all walked in this message for a while now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got some miles together, and yet I feel so young in this particular area. Like, I get Jesus. I get Jesus. I love Jesus. I think I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but Father, and so this feels fairly new for me which I think might be a little bit of a surprise for the guys listening to this. But I get it. I love it. I want it. But I took the opportunity of that embarrassment to, to just kind of go ahead with that a little bit. And I think what I'm more aware of right now is actually how much devastation has been done to the category of father in me From my experience, from my father, I think I'm more aware of that right now Mm -hmm. and yearning and, you know, wanting and experiencing experiencing some things with the father. But I I feel like I'm on the front end of this, frankly.
3: Yeah, I can echo some of that as well, John. Morgan, your teaching on sonship has brought a new category for me because as I go back into my story, I think most of my life was – fatherlessness. And along with that, I think that created an independence in me that I think almost the opposite polarity of sonship. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where most of my life has been lived is in that independence. I was thinking of some words of sonship and some words of that former life. And so that former life was independence Isolation, performance, self, strive. Then I think your teaching has brought this category of in sonship. It's brought delight, joy, freedom, being loved.
2: And Bart, when you say that former life, you're making it sound like yeah, twenty years ago I used to.
3: Nah, yeah, I mean the crescendo of this is within the last year, right? Mm. Right. So I think it's
2: important. So, it's so yes.
1: fresh. I, I it's think it's so in, fresh. Yeah,
2: we're not talking. Yeah, twenty years ago, I I used to be that guy.
1: Right. <laughs> well, it's affirming to hear that from you guys because I teach this, I live and breathe it, I pray for it daily, and yet my daily experience, I feel the ebb and flow. I mean, if I'm just fully candid, there are moments and there are hours and experiences where I feel this goodness the anticipation of his goodness i feel his provision i feel his Mm. affection Mm. and then the next moment i'm an orphan or i am captive to fear or Mm. fear of man and i find the young places in me still bringing my question to the world instead of my strength and so i mean i really resonate with you guys that it's growing and yet it's still an ebb and a flow craig how about you
4: yeah yeah What's current there is simply that life and events and circumstances and people just seem to keep changing for me that requires me to live in ways that I just don't know how to live. And I feel very much like a young boy facing new things that I can't figure out. I'm pretty aware of my need for fathering in as simple things as Finishing a basement and doing carpentry work that I've never done in my life to situations my kids and grandkids are going through. Something's being asked or required of me. or I'm in circumstances of life that are new and different. And uh, my need to be fathered is just below the surface most days.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 In fact... I want what you teach, I want what you have, and I want what you describe. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll come in on a on a Wednesday morning and we'll be chatting and you'll share some story of, hey, I'm praying for this mm-hmm. every day and something really cool just happened. Mm-hmm. You know and God has come to me in a kind of surprising category. Rather than me beginning to like really experience father ring, what God has done is He is trying to use my heart for my sons. Mm-hmm. To show me something of his heart for me. And like, what? Whoa. Because my heart for my sons, like, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I'd do anything for my sons. Right. And what Jesus is trying to help me to understand the Father's heart is he says, right, John. Exactly. Mm. Like, your heart for Sam, Blaine, and Luke is is your Father's heart for you. Mm. And that is... Mm. That's rearranging categories. That's
4: Mm. just blowing me away. Mm. I'll bet you each of us, because we're parents and or grandparents, could say that same thing about how God is just using our children just to reflect and speak to us of his heart, right? Is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind
2: of new for me in terms of relating it to the father.
4: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. One of my daughters and her husband, they're adopting through foster care in addition to their two biological daughters. And for them to do that has really rattled me because there was nothing in me at that stage of life that wanted to take on adopted kids and all the problems, conceivably, that could come that way. And I remember asking John, my son-in-law, John, why are you doing this? And he says, I can't stand the thought of kids not having a father. Mm. And I just thought, wow. Yeah, Yeah. I'm learning Mm. from a... My son-in-law, who's 30 years younger than me, something of the heart of mm. God. Mm. And since then, just seeing this whole adoption process mm. for one who was adopted, like you, John, I'm just stunned and mm. amazed at, mm. at the heart of God for, for his children. Yeah.
2: Mm. That's helping me get there. Uh-huh. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's the piece that God's using for me that's helping me get yes. to your message, Morgan. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, if I can look at my own heart as a father and go, wow, really, God? Like, that's your heart for me? That's yeah. huge.
1: Mm.
2: Whoa, yeah. really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. My kids are quite a bit younger than all of yours. And so my little Josh was nine, and he loves football. And I don't. I'm not that into it, but he does. And what I love is hunting and wilderness, and he does too. But I'm aware, projecting into the future of high school, when he's finally old enough and strong enough to be out in the field on those big hunts with me, that's during football season. Mm. And I find this tension inside of, wow, there's something In the little boy heart of my son that comes alive, watching football, playing football, every day, ask him how school was. And I just get a report of how football went at recess. I mean, that's all I hear. (laughs) But what I find is all I want to do is support football. When I'm in God, there's something that says there's some beauty, some strength, some glory in him that I just want to foster and I'll take whatever cost comes along Mm -hmm. and I mean, even the emotion wells up as I think of that story because you're right, John, to think that that's what the Father feels towards us, that there's something in us Mm. that he's vested in Mm. and he will stop at nothing to see it come forth. Mm. Mm.
2: That's just been so hammered in our lives. I mean, what I'm hearing in you, what I'm hearing in Craig, the story I just shared, Bart's heart for his son, Chris, you know, it's just easy to say I want to bless you. Mm-hmm. Joshua, yes. I want to bless you. Yes, right? Right. It's easy, right? Right, that comes easy, and like, really, God, like that's your heart toward me? Because there's an awful lot of data, yes, in the in and out of life, and the disappointments and the setbacks, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we could all name physical suffering and hardship mm-hmm. and pain, and you know, and it, and it just attacks that belief, right? Mm-hmm. That I want to bless you yes. like yeah. easy. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. John, I think your story just does wheel up something with me, with Chris. And we both have this incredible love of flying. And I kind of went into it alone, young, felt unfathered in it and brought Chris into it. Now he's just, he's leapfrogged me in yes. what he's doing, yes. flying with the military and flying a monster machine and living overseas. And we had a conversation the other day and, and he was just telling me, Some of the details of the flying, and I was just like sitting like a puppy dog, just lapping up everything Mm. he was saying. And as you shared that, just that concept of of our sons, of that's
1: a glimpse of how the father is, that really resonates with me. Mm.
3: That's
2: amazing. Yeah,
1: really does. So let me ask you guys, how does that affect you? In other words, as that becomes more true, you observe your heart – for your children, for your grandchildren, and begin to come into the belief that this is the Father's heart for you, how are you experiencing God fathering you these days?
4: With me, Morgan, you know what? I'm absolutely loving this season. I'm in God coming to me as Father. I mean the recent things are for the last – few months, I've been sticking with a question because I've found that so much joy is absent in my life. So many things have been stolen, taken. I've just lost, (laughs) I've just lost a ton of stuff on this path and trail, given stuff up. And one of the questions that I got was, Lord, what would contribute to my being full-hearted, present, and passionately engaged? And I've been staying with that question, asking God to bring to me as father joy and bring stuff back. And it's been pretty cool. Two weeks ago, I had my first trout. Now you guys aren't Amazed, But let me tell you why. That's absolutely amazing. You, you, you
2: mean you caught your first trout?
4: Yeah, smartass. <laughs> <laughs> I ate my first trout since 1971. I had a bad LSD experience catching a fish. And uh, and I haven't eaten a trout since 1971. Oh my goodness. I've, I've caught many. But I haven't eaten one. And uh, Lori and I were out for dinner and she ordered trout. I just felt like God kind of sit next to me and he said, Craig, it's time to eat that trout. So (laughs) I had some of Lori's trout and I'm going, man, this is good. I felt like God was giving me something that had been taken. something back. And I haven't watched a baseball game since 1985. I was so tired. I just threw baseball away. I used to play. used to love watching it, knew all the stats and the stars and what was going on. And And this year, I'm sitting down, and God says, I'm surfing, and I'm on the TV, and I'm going, I want to watch a baseball game. I watched a couple innings of a playoff, and it all came back. I mean, the strategy, you know, on a a 3-0 pitch and how to play a guy, how to field and position yourself for a particular batter. And, I mean, it's an incredibly boring game, and I don't see myself sitting around watching a lot of baseball, but I watched some. And it just was like some piece of me came back, and I think as my journey with the father is going deeper and how he's coming to me, mm. I really like who I am. Mm. I'm quirky. I mean, it cracks me up, John. When I'm laughing at something, you point out that no one else is laughing at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and own that, that now. That I
4: see, yeah. I mean, there's just yeah. things yeah. about me that rub people the wrong way, people don't get. You know, there's a lot about me that's unique, and I kind of like who I am. Yeah. And and when you're starting to like who you are, and you're getting the Father's validation, and you sense that this who I am is rooted in yes. Him, one of the results is it's just a lot easier for me to be intimate with the Father to go to him. Mm. I mean, I find myself at times like I'm going to Costco. All I'm doing is going to Costco. And I've got my list and I simply say, God, come to me as Father. And and there's times when nothing dramatic happens and there's other times something unfolds and I just feel like I'm I'm living life with a presence that is my Father. Mm. And so that's all upbeat and positive, but that's the upside, and that's what's current. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Getting stuff back. Yes. That's great. Okay. That's great. Craig, what I appreciate and what I
1: hear you saying is it's these simple activities on the human level, right? Going yeah. to Costco or a baseball game or what you're ordering for dinner, but, but it's your posture in it, of this openness to the Father. You're looking for the Father. Mm. It's your way of seeing, and, mm. and I think – It sounds like you're describing something that's beyond identity, where we talk about in sonship, it's becoming a son compared to relationship, where you're relating Mm -hmm. to God as father in your everyday life. Is that accurate in saying there's a shift from just identity to relationship?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, it's not every day, it's not all the time, but more and more, just finding the joy of being a son who is beloved and experiencing, you know, his love, expressing itself in practical things, and feeling invited to go to him with anything and everything throughout the day. Yeah,
3: Craig, I was wondering, when you were connecting that with Costco, if that gave you the ability to just spontaneously buy in Costco, is that a little bit what that's about?
4: Well, (laughs) yeah, last trip to Costco, I overspent the budget, and the key here is... Got a hot dog with onions.
0: Yeah, but God I was, was so in it.
4: good. But God, God was Big in it. Big old fatty 1,200-calorie hot dog. Yeah,
3: yeah. Craig, I, I, I love I split that. it with the Father. <laughs> I, I love what you just said about the joy, the joy being restored to the Father. And I, I know in my life, God's taken me back, back into my story. And he's pulling out bits and pieces, and I'm, I'm retrieving joy from them again. So I love, love that story. Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. Morgan, you had asked
2: us to come in and talk about this and fathering. So I was reflecting this morning in my house and asking God to show me, to remind me, how have I been experiencing fathering? Because there's something about the pace of life That just takes all this away, Mm -hmm. right? It's just get it done, get to the next thing. And so it took a few minutes, sat down, thought about it. And one of the big stories recently for me was the moose hunt that Mm -hmm. you and I went on Mm -hmm. last year. And it actually had been a dream of mine for a long, long time, Mm -hmm. but stayed completely in the dream category. Like I never really thought. It was going to come true. We don't live in a state that really has a lot of moose hunting. And it just kind of seemed absurd. You know, it's a cool idea. And here's how the story goes. Downstairs in our house, we have this print. It's like a you know lithograph print of a bull moose and a cow moose in the woods, in the pond. And you know, Stace and I love it. We just have it on the wall there. And, and I was walking by it about a year and a half ago and just paused and looked at it. And I I just simply kind of uttered a prayer. Hmm. I just said, someday, that's it. That was my prayer. It was just to God, Hmm. just saying, I'd sure love that. Hmm. Someday, could I go hunt moose somewhere, you know, in the world? But it felt like nothing more than that. And then as you recall, Morgan, like through just a bizarre, crazy series of events, you know, you felt really constrained that God might have a moose hunt for us. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of brought that up out of mm-hmm. nowhere and during a prayer mm-hmm. time, you know, and and then you and I both get an email from a guy who actually leads moose hunts. And right. he takes, you know, Christian guys out in the woods kind of fellowship thing. and And we're like, really? You know, and he's able to do it kind of on a budget and figure out the numbers on that. And kind of one thing led to another. And One of the big crossroads was Stacy, Mm -hmm. like just that she would be behind that. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not a hunter. She understands my joy in it, but she would never do it herself. And so I knew that, you know, kind of crossing that threshold with her, she was like 110% behind it. Mm -hmm. And at each step of the way, I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Really, Jesus? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to admit the unbelief. You know, but each step of the way, and God kept doing it. And then finally, we're like, okay, we're going. I mean, we booked this crazy trip. We go to the Yukon to hunt moose. And here's what I was struck by this morning was I had to be open to it. Like I actually had to agree with his kindness. Mm -hmm. I had to agree. It just would have been so easy Mm At a dozen different points in that one-year journey of of kind of getting the inspiration to actually getting into the Yukon. Yes. And, man, so many opportunities to go, God's not in this. Yes. He doesn't want this for me. I guess what I'm saying is I was recognizing how many little agreements I had to make right. with, no, this is God's yes. heart for me. No, he does want this for me. Like, he was giving the gift. Mm. What was in the way was me receiving yes. it. Right.
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> right? Right. Well, John, I mean, standing outside your story, it's easy to say, of course, like, how could you not receive that? Like, that's your heart. That's what you love makes you come alive. Like, you know, it's a lifetime dream. But when you're in it, it just feels different. I mean, like contrast that contrast that to, okay, in that situation, something deep in you prevailed that agreed with the father's kindness towards you. By way of contrast, what's a situation or a way that you find yourself where? You're actually not open to it. You know, you just don't agree with that kindness and you don't accept the gifts coming to you.
2: Oh, it's easy. I can name it. Just work. Mm. Just work. Like Mm. life's about work. You know, I'm a get it done kind of guy and I like getting stuff done. You know, I like at home or here, you know, at the outpost or in my writing career. It's just get it done. Just work. That's what it is. That's the unbelief posture Mm. is I just work. You know, and I don't pursue joy, you know, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but it's just easy to go, you know what? Um, I don't wanna be disappointed. Yeah. So I'm just gonna work. I'll just throw myself into my career, I'll just throw myself into, you know, get it done mode versus, Father, what do you have for me this weekend? Yes. You know, and we got a weekend coming up and Stacy's out of town and I've already got a list with a (laughs) bunch of stuff on it that I would love to get done. Yes. But I haven't paused to say, Father, what do you have for me this Mm -hmm. weekend? Yes. That would be the contrast. You know, whereas with the moose hunt, there was this pause of saying, really, do you have this for me? And then there were enough confirmations there that I could be open to going, okay, All right, well, I'm going to shift out of, you know, just get it done, just work mode, you know, and allow the blessing.
1: Yes, that's great.
3: Mm -hmm. John, did you recall when you were receiving this gift of saying, okay, I'm really seriously thinking about going, did you go back immediately to that point where you saw that image and you said someday, someday? Did that come back to you? Yeah, it did. It did.
2: The Holy Spirit brought it back. Oh, that's so good. I had forgotten praying that prayer. But Mm. then as this trip began to become a reality, Jesus brought me back to that and back to a number of other things, just helping me Mm. believe. (laughs) You know, just kind of help me with my unbelief. He was just kind of.
3: Yeah, and I think that's what's so great about, well, it's kind of sad that you and Craig and I at such a late age are discovering this, but the Father takes us back to these glimpses in the past. And shows us that he has these things for Mm -hmm. us. Yes. Oh,
2: big time. Yes. Big time. Yeah. And now I can. See, that's another interesting thing. Now I can go back into my past, Mm -hmm. given the framework of fathering. Mm -hmm. I can go back and, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. I can look at all kinds. I mean, Craig and I used to backpack together. I can go back to 1982 Mm -hmm. and being, you know, on the Kearsarge Pass in the Sierras and laughter Mm -hmm. and joy and goodness and go, oh, wow. Well, that was fathering. I right. just, yeah. I right. just yeah. didn't have the interpretive lens for yes. it. Yes. So it's fun to be able to look back as yes. well now yeah. and go, yes. oh, my goodness. You were in that and yeah. you were in this and you were in that and you, you know, all of that. And it brings joy. Yeah.
1: Well, and, John, you're pointing out such a central piece of this journey with the father. Like McDonald says in unspoken sermons, he asks the question, how have we learned the father? I mean, he says something really strong here where he says that it is better to not have known him than have learned him wrong. Yeah. That's pretty strong. And the invitation in there is he's saying we need to unlearn the way we have learned the father and relearn the father as he truly is. Mm -hmm. So I love that story for you of, yep, it's a process of us unlearning All these ways we've related to the father out of slavery, out of being an orphan, out of our independence, and instead Mm -hmm. we're learning him as he truly is, Mm -hmm. one step at a time.
0: Yeah. We're going to pause here at the end of part one and pick up next week with part two on this conversation on sonship. If you're interested in more, Ransomed Heart has a great resource from Morgan Snyder on sonship and how to receive God as father. It's one of our audio resources. It's free as a download if you're a tribe member. It's a two-part series. The first is Morgan talking about Sunchip at our Wild at Heart boot camp. And the second is the conversation you're listening to now. So if you'd like to go deeper, I recommend that. And we look forward to seeing you next week for part two of the series on the Ransomed Heart podcast.